Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Ignore that period of dead air behind the curtain. This is Mr. Skullhead. It's ten dozen minutes of Jake and Mr. Skullhead, and we've got Jake coming on the line like now. Wish. Hello. Hey. Hey, Buster, I got flustered and I forgot to pass muster and mention that this is the 11th of June, 2012. Oh, yeah? So now Are we already on? Is, is, uh, you, you, you said that you were about to take the streams mere seconds ago. I did. I, I said going to bring you in live, is what mm, I said. Okay. And then it turned out that my mic was unplugged. And so when I said, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, it's the bird, the fur, the bird is got it sure. That, uh... None of that went through, so I had to Well, that sucks. Again. It's a shame that people had to miss that. Yeah, I, I guess it gave me a chance to say it again and say actual words instead of... How's it going, Mr. Skullhead? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I went to the hospital on Saturday night. Uh, what was that all about? I didn't get laid. I got in a fight. No, I didn't do any of those things. Um, so, uh, Saturday night, around midnight, I was uh, packing the hookah to bring upstairs and smoke it with some friends, and... On the way up the stairs, I slipped out of my flip-flops and kind of pitched forward, and I was holding the hookah by the base, which is made of glass, and I smashed it into the stair, and so it just, like, tore a giant gash in my hand and several smaller ones, so that was fun. So I got to go to the hey. ER and, and have a bunch of stitches. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, that was some bullshit to go from, like, I'm going to sit here and drink some drinks and smoke some shisha and hang out with some people to I'm going to sit in the ER. Did the doctors make jokes about how those things are bad for you? No, I, mean, I said when they asked me what happened, I explained it and then explained what a hookah was and then explained that it wasn't for drugs mm -hmm. and then said, you know, I've always heard that smoking is bad for you, but I didn't really count on this one. And they laughed like you might laugh if you had been in the ER all night. Okay. So yeah, I thought it was a good joke. It was maybe how an many, obvious joke. How many stitches you get in them bitches? I got about seven. Seven stitches. Was it just one cut that was big enough to need stitches? Yeah, there were a bunch of small ones. And there's one that's uh, kind of midway between my pinky finger knuckle and my wrist bone. But like mm -hmm. on, the, on the meat of the hand right there. Did you take any sweet pictures? Yeah, I did. Did I just, it go deep enough that you could see the fat? I couldn't see... All I could see in there was red, but it was certainly big. When it was still bleeding, it didn't look big, so I told everyone, don't worry about it, I just need a Band-Aid, and <laughs> took the towel off and like, oh, yeah, no. I could probably... It was probably like an eighth of an inch to a quarter of an inch wide. Mm. And it was wide enough. But, you know, it was fine. They shot it up with some lidocaine beforehand, so just turned it into a little chunk of wood. So the stitches were just kind of like a shrug. Hmm. I've never gotten stitches, um, except in, like, a couple of, like, voluntary uh, minor dermatological surgery procedures. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, and to the point where I don't even know if they would uh, do stitches for that kind of thing anymore. They'd probably just shoot it with lasers. Probably. So they'd... You did the, like, uh, mole removal kind of thing? Uh, well, no. When I was in high school, I had uh, those things that people kept insisting were the result of me getting stabbed with a pencil and the lead breaking off inside of me. And uh -huh. I kept saying, no, no, you know, I'm pretty sure that that didn't happen a bunch of times. Right. I, 
and but they just didn't believe me. They were like, I think you must have just gotten a pencil lead broken off in you, and then you forgot. And then I got one of them on my face, and I was like, listen, I am fucking certain that I never broke off a pencil lead in my face. That and is the kind of they thing all agreed, that will stick yeah, with you okay, for a while. I guess you probably would remember that. So, yeah, I don't know. My my skin just did some cool stuff where a little uh, a little nodule that looked like a pencil lead would form inside it. Hmm. And then the doctor would have to cut it open with a scalpel. You sure there wasn't just a little guy inside of your face with a pencil? I guess it could have been. They didn't... Uh, <laughs> they never occurred to them that the lead might be coming from inside my body. <laughs> right. We gotta check this guy for pencil gnomes. Yeah, so... That was cool. I had some stitches. Do you not remember that period of time in high school when I had some stitches on my face? I don't. Uh, it didn't last very long. And it didn't leave a scar. The one on my back left this great big scar that looks like a like a bug it's like a it's like a little football shaped patch with six smaller lines coming out of it where the stitches were wow uh but the one on my face didn't scar at all so i don't know Hmm. maybe it was because my face was so well lubricated with teen oil (laughs) uh wow that's pretty gross i remember seeing something in the mad magazine about harvesting the face oil from the nation's teenagers uh, to use i don't know what for exactly maybe fuel <laughs> industrial lubricant cook cooking <laughs> cooking, oil? cooking uh, oil that would be recycling in its finest i feel yeah reduce reuse Re- Ah, uh, what else did you do since the last uh since the last one of these these here radio shows besides just getting your shit cut in half yeah, getting fucked in half by. Scorpions. Did you post any pictures? I didn't post them. I don't think Facebook will let you post wounds. Mm. So, and I'm not sure Google Plus will either. I remember you can try the you can try the company Twitter. Yeah. That would be sure to have uh, people agog and you awash in a in a, a sea of sympathy. I, when I cut my finger, I mailed p- the picture to everybody, and didn't realize that. Uh, when somebody is your friend in Gmail and you send them an attachment, it just displays the picture. So in the hmm. body of the email, I had wrote, hey, don't click this if you don't want to look at a gross wound, but it was too late for Erin, and she was very sad that she had yeah. to see my wound. That was, when the, uh, that was when you cut your finger with the circular saw? Yep. That was not actually much of a wound. It's, like it, it, it kind of just looked like you had photoshopped a little rectangle out of your fingernail. Right. But that went all the way to the bone. Yeah, well, sure, but I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just did not, I did not get the like, ugh, god damn it, again, again, Mister Scullet. Before the show, I always have like, I always have a certain amount of time to kill in between when I get because I want to get home in plenty of time to do the show, you know, uh, instead of just like cutting a super. I want to get home in plenty of time to wait until the absolute last minute to actually get into this room and get the computer ready, right, uh, to do the show. Uh, but what I what I do if I have like an amount of time, but not enough time to actually start and finish any work, is that I will now uh, look at look at Reddit and uh, saw an animated GIF of a guy getting uh, gored by a bull mm. uh, in in such a way that he was like on the ground and the bull was fighting with him, and then the bull uh, picked him up by inserting its horn. Uh, through the bottom of the guy's jaw and out his mouth. Ah. And then just, like, lifted him up and threw him in the air by uh, his jaw, uh, which was punctured by a giant fucking horn. So I'm glad I saw that. I'm glad that they've started to label things gore on Reddit. 
Because when I see not safe for work, I immediately look at it because I want to see some titties. And when it's a dead body instead, that kind of pisses me off. Yeah. When uh, sometimes they label things Goron and sometimes they label things uh, Zora. I saw a joke about a Zora today. Yeah. This is Zelda. Zelda joke. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I never, uh, I, I have yet to get to the point where I start looking at the titties on Reddit. Hmm. I, this is, this is a thing. I mean, you know, you know me, you know that I, I, if there's anything that may, that makes me more uncomfortable than anything else, it's the sight of a naked lady. True. Um, uh, but it, there is something a little unsettling to me about like, Hey, I'm a real person and here's my tits. Hmm. You know, which is the sense that I the sense that I get of somebody who like is ostensibly posting pictures of themselves on Reddit, uh-huh. right? Like it would be creepy if I was in a crowd of people and like a seventeen year old girl was like, "I'm about to take off my shirt," and then I just looked over and stared. Would, <laughs> wouldn't it? Sure. Right. So why isn't it creepy for that to happen on the internet and me do it? Uh, you know, know, I mean, if she was getting paid for it, then there's this level of there's this level of like capitalist detachment that I can that I can handle. Yeah, I I do sometimes wonder if it's possible to be completely well adjusted, or you know what what passes for well adjusted in this crazy mixed up world of ours, and and an exhibitionist like that. Like, I'm totally fine, you know, never had to show anybody on the doll where the bad man touched me, but I just want to show off my tits to strangers on the internet. Yeah. I don't I mean, know if that exists. Like, I allow myself to believe that exists, so I can look at some titties on the internet. I mean, it seems like every once in a while you will find, uh, like, there was a porn star that did and asked me anything on Reddit, and, like, you know, she seemed okay, but, like... I've known some super crazy bitches that for a few hours at a time seem totally okay. Right. You know, so it's really, you just don't, you don't know. You don't get a sense of somebody based on a, based on a little sampling like that. I wonder though, if, uh, did, did I tell you about going to see, uh, Roy's nephew's band play? No, I didn't hear about that. So there was a little. There's. We went to this little bar uh, that I had not been to before uh, to see to see Roy's nephew's band play, uh, and it was. I. It, this is the first time that this has ever happened to me. But I walked in and met Roy there, and I immediately said to him, "Well, this is the kind of place that I really would have liked when I was younger," like because that just occurred to me, and you know, I was like, "Yeah, oh, that's that, that is a thing that is true." And then I realized, "Fuck, man, that is the first time that I've ever thought that huh. about a place." You know, like I walked in and it's like, yeah, you know, I probably shouldn't be here, but, uh, <laughs> but I, but I would have really liked it, uh, 10 years ago, but they were, they were playing some sort of channel on the television that was a variety of different things, but a lot of it was just porn. A lot of it was like girls gone wild and not the, not the just flashing, but the like, let's take two of them back to their dorm room and you know, two, two that are drunk enough to sign these forms but not so drunk that we'll get in trouble for having them sign these forms right. and and then they'll just like lick each other's boobs and stuff and that's just playing on a bunch of TVs at this bar and nobody cares like nobody is even looking at it hmm. and it, it's the, the, the place is just full of you know 21 to 25 year olds and it was about an even gender split and so you think that's just a consequence of having been marinating in porn since they were 
children? I don't know. I really, I really don't. I, I feel like there is, there, there are, there, there are one of two things going on. Uh, and this is, this is not like a thing that I, this is not a thing that I feel comfortable talking about in general. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but, and probably not a thing that I should talk about uh, in public, but one thing that I have noticed as a guy who has pretty much dated girls that were the same age for his entire life. Right. Uh, is that there does either seem to be a trend in my selection process or in as girls get younger towards a little more a little less uh, conservative approach to sex sure let's right I mean like I, I would I, like if you were to graph blowjob frequency it's pretty much just a straight line with year of birth and and I know that that's that does not necessarily say anything about a population, and my sample size is pretty small. But yeah, I think there are some numbers on people who are in their twenties now being more into like stuff like anal sex that we would have considered daring is just kind of like well that's that's how they do it in the porno that's how we ought to do it. But I mean, I also wonder how much of it is like as I've gotten older and more okay with just. I don't know, sort of like demanding stuff because that's, it's fine. It's well received and enjoyed when you do that. Uh, but that, you know, that could, that could be a false correlation, I guess. Not even demanding, just asking, like thinking back to like when I was like 20, there is no way I got blowjobs whenever it occurred to somebody to give me a blowjob. There's no way I would have ever asked for one. Right. But like you totally can. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it can run the gamut from, hey, would you, to you should, to do this. Right? And, you know, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, so maybe, yeah, maybe, like, maybe a normal, healthy, adjusted 21-year-old girl with a healthy relationship with her dad does not find the idea of just showing her tits to people on the internet to be objectionable. Right. Because it's just not a thing. You know, I don't know, though. I mean, that makes me even more afraid of the idea of ever having a daughter. Uh-huh. But at the same time, maybe not, you know? I mean, if I was a caveman and had a daughter, I would probably have to watch 50 Dudes Fucker. And uh, hopefully you won't ever know if she's posting her naked pictures. Well, yeah, that's another thing. Like, if I did have a daughter and she got to the age where she would be doing that, does that mean I have to stop looking for girls that age? Showing their tits on the internet, it probably does. That's. I think at some point you have to start. Da- you have to stop dating eighteen-year-olds. Uh, okay. I mean, I guess yeah. Once it got to the point where I was dating somebody younger than the children from a previous relationship, that would probably get. That would get super weird. Right. Oh man, what are you gonna do, Mister Skullhead? I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what you're gonna do. Anyway, so that was a guy getting gored by a bull. Uh, you were saying other things that you had done since the last show. Yeah, I was running my brain trying to think of anything exciting or interesting. I don't know that I have... Yeah, no, I'm going to end off. I think I'm, I've said my piece. There was something I thought of that I was going to talk about, and I thought, I should write this down because I'm not going to remember that I want to talk about it. Hmm. Uh, and okay. then I forgot to do so. I... Uh, 
let's see. I found my, my girlfriend tracked down a new Indian buffet that was pretty good. Hmm. Uh, dot uh, Indian or Tomahawk Indian? Yeah, uh, it's, I don't think that there are any Tomahawk Indian restaurants. They're just little stands by the side of the road that sell fry bread? Yeah, and I don't even think that's like a traditional thing either, is it? Uh, no, I probably not. But I feel like it was maybe just like a uh, some period of time where there was a cultural predilection towards like becoming a carny. <laughs> that led to the emergence of that. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, what what did Native Americans eat? Like a lot of cornmeal stuff. I mean, I, like I guess some Mexican, like a lot of Mexican food is going to derive from that food tradition, right? Like right. masa and I guess a lot of uh, a lot of cow hmm. or buffalo as well. But I mean. I don't know. Like, at what point? At what point in a culture's like march towards civilization, do they do they get like a complicated enough food tradition that it becomes a thing that you could present to somebody else as mm-hmm. a food tradition? Some cuisine. Yeah, I mean, we know that there is pemmican, right? But that's more or less just trail mix. A sort of like gross trail mix with uh, fat in it, but yeah. you know, it's probably nutritious. But yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm, I'm talking out of my ass here, but have you ever seen a Native American restaurant? No, I haven't. Yeah, so. Oh, well. Uh, no, uh, they did, one, the one problem with this Indian buffet is that they did not have lamb sog, but what they did have was a dish that uh, you could uh, you could just fish some chunks of lamb out of and then some sog. Hmm. Uh, and I don't know exactly how you make lamb sog, but I'm pretty sure that one way that you can do it is by taking some lamb and some sog and just stirring them together with a fork on your plate. What is sog? Uh, sog is like a spinach uh, curry, sort of. It's uh, it's like a blended spinach and spices, and I don't remember what else. Um, it, it, when you go to an Indian restaurant in the U.S., it is usually sort of creamy. Uh, it's it's kind of like a, you, you get like a... It's similar in texture to like a creamed spinach or a creamed corn. Uh-huh. Um, not fully soup, but just a, a sort of spread. In England, it was... I think they replaced the, the cream element of it with oil, mm-hmm. uh, which made it a lot more of a... I'm trying to think of a trying to think of a similar substance, kind kind of like a tahini at that point, I guess. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, just spinach. It's just spiced uh, spiced spinach, and it's good. It's just it's the 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 default thing that I get at an Indian restaurant is lamb sog because I'll always order lamb when you can get it because you can't always get it. Sure. So if you're at a place that has lamb, I, in a way, I feel like I don't. I'm not really authorized to eat lamb. Because I'm okay with beef because I watched cows being slaughtered and I sort of made my peace with that. But I would have a really hard time eating any more lamb ever, I think, if I had to see lambs being slaughtered. Right. Or being less like lambs to the slaughter. Yeah, exactly. Or laying down with a lion and then just getting fucking ripped to shreds and eaten. Right. And then I think, huh, the lion is me in this situation. And that's not okay. Yeah, it's fucking good, though. Lamb is delicious. Yeah, lamb is pretty fucking tasty. For a while there, the grocery store had it had um, like a thigh chop in a price that wasn't as freaky as lamb usually is. 
So uh, we were eating that for a while, but then it went away. And so now I have no lamb. They still have veal, but I just refuse to eat veal. Yeah, I also refuse and it, to eat veal. It, it's a weird place to draw a line, but I guess you got to draw a line somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's not... I also, like, having had veal a handful of times in my life, it's not good enough. It's the same thing, same way I feel about lobster, right? Like, I don't think that other people are unethical for eating lobster, but I'm just not sure, and I don't like it enough to step over that line. Yeah. Whether whether that's a reasonable line or not, you know? Because I don't feel that way about shrimp, and it's like... For you to get a mouthful of shrimp, like ten things that are basically equivalent to a lobster have to die in as cruel a manner if you believe that it is cruel. Right. Uh, but for whatever reason, that just doesn't trigger. I mean, I'll eat a shrimp cocktail where there are like 500 shrimp in this bowl. You know, it's like, what if I was just eating a big bowl of flies, you know? I watched, uh, I watched the, this episode of Breaking Bad where there was a fly. Uh, in the in the sterile laboratory environment that they uh, they felt that they needed to take care of before they could manufacture their crystal methamphetamine, <clears throat> and it reminded me of when I was a kid <clears throat> on uh, on my grandparents' farm, uh, and they uh, there were f- so many flies everywhere in the in the summer that you just my my grandmother would put out like a paper plate with these yellow granules on it. Uh, that would just like fill up with dead flies and then just buy dozens and dozens of those sticky paper strips and hang them everywhere and still everyone just always had a fly swatter within reach wow like there was there was a a rack next to the door there was a rack on one side of the door that had all of the the hats the the like trucker hats worn worn you know legitimate for legitimate keeping the sun out of your eyes purpose and with the John Deere logo on them, not because you're a hipster who likes the idea of a tractor, but because you're a guy who bought a tractor and they gave you this hat. <laughs> right. Uh, and then there were all the boots underneath there. And then on the way in, there was a place where there were some keys and then uh, just a bunch of nails with fly swatters hanging on them. <laughs> and so when you went into my grandma's house, you just get a fly swatter and then you did your part to take care of the fly population. We've had a decent amount of flies in the house to the point where I started feeling like we were on the African savanna when we were inside of our house and put off the buying of the fly strips for a long time because that just seemed kind of ghetto. But they get the job done in a hurry. Yeah. For sure. And yeah, it's weird. It I mean, I just, you know, every once in a while I will see a fly here, but I think in general it's, I don't know, is it too dry for there to be a lot of flies here or... Yeah, I don't know. Why aren't there flies here? It's too fucking hot. Nothing. Flies are notorious for being in their right mind and so would never choose to live here. <laughs> Straighten up and fly right, they say. Straighten up and right, fly. Hello, McFly, they say. If you could teach a fly how to skywrite and you could put just like a little, I don't know, maybe a, a little tiny CO2 cartridge on his back so he could... I have some something behind him in the air. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like CO2. Yeah. I, I know that I will often, if I want to leave somebody a message, I will leave it in a, a colorless, transparent gas. <laughs> yep. Maybe helium. I went and bought some CO2 today. I took, uh, I took the water carbonator bottle over to the liquor store. 
And there was, I, I told, uh, I told uh, Trubs about this on the way in here. I was like, you know, there was a homeless guy today that I had decided that if he asked me for money that I was going to give him some, and then he didn't ask me for it. Huh. I never, like, I don't know why I felt, like, I, I walked into the, into the liquor store, and there was a guy just, like, laying on the sidewalk in front of the liquor store. And he was like, hey, man, nice ride. And I said, thank you. And he looked me in the eye and said, you're welcome. And I was like, huh. Wow. He just said, you're welcome. I'm going to give him some money if he asks for it, because that was an actual conversation that humans would have. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and then I went outside and was simultaneously bowled over by the odor of piss uh, wafting off the dude and uh, surprised that he did not ask me for any money. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe he was like, no, nah, I'm cool. I, I'm, I'm good for now. He, uh, he already had the money that he needed to take the bus. Yeah. Ah, uh, boy. Um, so, the things that I have done. I went to a housewarming party on Saturday night. Whose house were you warming? Oh, uh, our, our friends uh, Aaron and Paul from the bar and dating the girl from the bar, uh, respectively. All right. Um... And yeah, it was a you know it was a house uh, war- uh, warming. I guess they're just renting, so it's not you know it's not like a. <laughs> you didn't want like to get that it. Kinda... You didn't want to get it too warm. Did you bring uh, yeah, a bottle not that of kind wine? Of wine? It was very much a like two party system, uh, or rather a two a two system party. All of the pranksters people were outside sitting around uh, two tables that had been pushed against one another, as as they do at pranksters, and all of the people from uh, the. All of the the groom's friends who are like, was it people in this sort of improv comedy theater uh, circle of people were all inside, uh-huh. and they would only come out to occasionally smoke as opposed to Constantly. everybody pretty much chain smoking as the pranksters crowd did. Hmm. Um, you know, but it was fun. Got to got to hang out with uh, with friend of the show and friend of KOL and three RD a bit. Yeah, that guy's all right. He's got a sweet new job. Uh, and we, we have basically learned that we can talk for hours and hours about the Binding of Isaac. And so that's what we do. <laughs> the video game, not the Bible story. Um, and then I went, uh, I went with Roy that morning, actually. I got up really early uh, on Saturday. I uh, had, to take, uh, had to take hot stuff and this girlfriend to the airport because they went to a wedding in uh, Colorado. And then uh, went to see Prometheus. It was weird. Uh, he pointed out to me, Roy pointed out to me, we showed up at this 10 o'clock show, and he brought with him the souvenir cup, right. uh, which you can refill with soda for a dollar. And I said to him, I really like the idea of those things, but every time I buy one, it's just a waste because I never, ever remember to bring it back. And he said, well, I go to a lot of movies, and I've kind of got it into a routine. He's like, look around you. The people who are coming to the movies at 10 in the morning like this, they all have these and I looked huh. around the lobby of the movie theater, and he was right. Every single person in there was carrying one of those souvenir cups. It was fucking weird. Hmm. Um, you know, but I guess it's just like, if you want to go to a lot of movies and you want to save money, what you do is you get one of those cups, and then you go to a 10 o'clock in the morning show. Right. And it costs almost nothing. Uh, well, comparatively, I guess. Uh, but we saw Prometheus, and it was fucking terrible. Uh. Um... I don't know. Do you want to see it? Yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, I, I so I can, I guess, try to do the uh, less spoilery version of this. Yeah. But uh, 
man, it started out so, so, so strong. And there was, there was a specific moment at which I was just like, ah, that was it. This movie, this movie just took a turn. This movie just got to the point where it is just going to be embarrassingly dumb from now until it ends. And it did not, it did not disappoint me. I mean, it did. I went into it knowing people on the internet had said, ah, this movie's pretty shitty. Hmm. So I went into it thinking, ah, this is probably going to be pretty bad. But I told Roy when we left, it was like, I thought that I was done with the part of my life where I got angry about movies being bad. (sighs) But this one, this one managed to set up so much promise and fail so spectacularly to deliver on that promise that it rekindled that old spark in my breast. Well, sure, like, you expect, if you go see, like, a Michael Bay movie, you kind of know what to expect, and it's going to either be a decent example of that genre, or it's going to suck. But, like, Ridley Scott doing sci-fi had had a pretty good track record up till now. Like, a- yeah, Alien it's, and it's Blade Runner, you know? I... <sighs> I observed to Roy, and I, to some extent, he argues with me that this is not the case because Ridley Scott did not write either of the movies. But my my contention is that I don't know why I think this, but yeah. it actually made Alien worse. Huh? Like it was it was like the thing that bothers people about midichlorians. Right, writ extremely large. Right, you and what's weird is that I don't. I was under the impression that they were not actually allowed to make an alien prequel. Right, right. But this is just this is very clearly one, and I don't know if the way that this manifested is they were allowed to use something that looked kind of like the alien, uh, but not the eggs. So they didn't, there weren't any of the eggs and they, for whatever reason, had forgotten to trademark the space jockey Uh and the chair that the space jockey was sitting in. So that was just identical. Uh, But it turns out space jockey, human in a fucking suit. Uh. So thanks. Thanks for going back in time and ruining that, you fucking asshole. Um. Normally, normally, you know, I would not have said of Alien versus Predator that it was possible for that to go back in time and and make Alien worse. But this, for whatever reason, it just it just did. In my mind, it just did. It has it has explained away all of the mystery that made Alien an actual suspenseful, good film. Huh. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I kind of like. Whereas I very much enjoyed Aliens. I think of Alien as it's kind of the same way that I feel about Nightmare on Elm Street. Like the first one is the kind of thing that I could legitimately see you looking at in film school. Yeah. To learn something from. And the same thing about Alien, but Aliens and, you know, to a much larger extent, the later Nightmare on Elm Street movies are definitely just kind of pulp. Yeah. Uh, but man. It's got it's like got a different continuity than Alien versus Predator. Which is a little weird. Yeah, the, the, the person, the person who is Wayland, is a different person, with sort of different like motivations and fate. I thought 
both that and Freddy vs. Jason were officially kind of in their pocket own pocket universe. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, you know, I like the idea of Alien vs. Predator so much that I was kind of okay with that movie. <laughs> you know, there were some dumb things about it, certainly, but, like, it's just such a strong idea. Well, I mean, I think what it is is it is an interesting synthesis of two strong, strongly developed villains. Uh-huh. You know, and so it's it's kind of like the it taps into that who would win in a fight between Batman and Superman or whatever. Right. You know. Freddy versus Jason ended up being pretty cool, actually. Did it? Yeah, and it, like to me it's a strong argument against some of the copyright stuff we were talking about. Because the the end of the movie is kind of a punt. Where, like, Jason is carrying Freddy's severed head, but the head's still alive, and it's just kind of a draw, almost. Mm-hmm. But the original planned ending was to have the two titans, you know, finally facing off at the end, and have chains on hooks come out of the ground and grab both of them, and have Pinhead come up out of the ground from Hellraiser, and go, gentlemen, what seems to be the problem? And, and scene. Mm-hmm. It's like, that would have been wicked awesome, but they couldn't get the rights. Huh? You don't think that you don't think they could have done a, a sort of similar ministration to Cabin in the Woods? They could have, but the whole point was to have like Freddy it versus actual, Jason versus Pinhead. Yeah. Pinhead. And the sequel was going to be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Could have been fun. Wow! Really? Yeah. Huh? But Bruce Campbell is now officially too old for that shit. It would have to be versus Ashton Kutcher. Right. <laughs> What uh, Freddy versus Jason versus uh, Bubba Hotep, <laughs> versus Bruce Campbell's character from Bubba Hotep? What did I? What did I see recently? Uh, the guy that wrote Bubba Hotep um, was involved in really. something. Oh, I just found out that uh, I found out what imbd.com is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just some guy named like Bob Dunkelman. Uh, internet. Uh, business database something uh, writers Joe Lansdale it was Don Coscarelli and John dies at the end maybe no no okay wait did that guy have something to do with that yeah the the movie of John dies at the end is coming from the guy who did Bubba Hotep and like Phantasm and shit back in the day huh that's weird, though. I swear there's something that I saw recently that was not that. Uh, yeah, shit. I don't know, man. Uh, so he, he's the guy that writes for Cracked, right? Yeah. Huh. Uh, maybe that was it. Maybe I was reading something on Cracked and saw that. Anyway, that was that was uh, fascinating. <laughs> uh, so something else. I was going to complain about some new signs at the airport. Right. Uh, they they have replaced all the signage uh, going into the airport that, you know, there used to be those signs that said which airlines were at which terminal. And they have replaced those signs with some really shitty, uh, like old, like maybe 1995 or 1990 Vegas style screens, which are just sort of like colored light bulbs. Uh, in a in a matrix uh, that makes a screen, yeah, right. 
Uh, and so... And so? Never go to the airport. Right. Uh, B, it allows them to, instead of having all of the names of the airlines in a legible, like, this is something that is set up for you to be able to read while you're in a car that's moving kind of fast, font and, and, and contrast, it is the logos of the airlines. Uh, so it's like 50 different fonts on the sign that you're trying to read really quickly and figure out which fucking lane to get in. Yeah, Jesus. It's pretty terrible. It's pretty terrible. Although I feel like having the logo... I feel like I would recognize the logo of the airline I was looking at quicker than the actual words. Wow, really? Yeah. Huh. I wonder if that's just a difference in the way that I the way that I uh, process information compared I, to I'm more others. Of a, a visual learner, you know. It's not. It wasn't just the logo. It was like the version of their logo that has the entire name. Uh-huh. In every case, but they're just different colors, and they're all faded on this fucking. It just. It already looks like an old piece of shit, and they built it like a week ago. <laughs> It's, it's, I don't know, man. I don't know how shit like that happens. You know, I do know how shit like that happens. Like, organizations get to the point where no person can stop a thing that everybody understands is fucking dumb. You know? And so everybody says, I'm doing my job. This is the thing that we arrived at by committee because it was the one thing that all of us hated. So it was the one pissing match that nobody wanted to back down from or or everybody was willing to back down from. What are you going to do, man? Stop going to the airport. That's what. Yeah, just never fly anywhere. Or fly out of Scottsdale. Oh, okay, yeah. Or Falcon Field. I could fly in, like, a remote control plane out of Falcon <laughs> yeah. Field. Just learn how to pilot an ultralight. Or some small, you know, thing where you don't have to get a pilot's license, but that has enough fuel to take you to the next biggest airport, you know? Mm-hmm. Vegas, maybe. Vegas, baby. I mean, if I could Vegas if I could fly Vegas. myself to Vegas in an ultralight, why wouldn't I just stay in Vegas? Where do you? Where else do you ever want to go? That's true. Although anything that happens there has to stay there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so if you put gas in your airplane there, uh, you're not allowed to leave with that gas. It's still in the airplane. Yeah. Anything you eat, they they uh, do the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy thing and weigh you before and after. Uh, that is such a powerful idea. <laughs> Good old Douglas Adams, man. Yep. Uh, our, uh, our our Kickstarter has responded the way that you expected it to to our renewed enthusiasm. So uh, there's 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 two things going on here. One uh, is that you you were right. Tell your sister you were right. Uh, and the second is that if if after all of this it doesn't fund, and yeah. hot stuff and I get super depressed a second time. Uh, after getting super depressed once and then getting over it and then being having our hopes rekindled by you, uh, <laughs> then, then we're gonna have some. I don't know. I don't know if words is the right idea. I think I might just wait until I see you again so and then hard. try to say or do something that makes you real sad. <laughs> um, you control my entire livelihood. Making me sad is not going to be hard for you. <laughs> oh come on! Not really I, but a I challenge. Have to, I, you know me. I, I have to do it. I have to do it uh, artisanally. <laughs> you know, it has to be. 
it has to be like a, I don't know, like the opposite of a Hallmark moment. It's like, check Otherwise, it out, Scully, I bought you this Kindle. And then just drop it and step on it and step on it and step on it. Yep. Oh, and it has, it has uh, some several unreleased books uh, that, I, that I commissioned uh, Neil Gaiman and Stephen King to write just for you. And this is the only copy. Together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder if that would even be any good. I have every collaboration I've seen between authors, at least at a novel length, has been lesser than the authors on their own. Except maybe um, the Talisman. Yeah, I was about to offer the Talisman. Although I haven't read any Peter Straub, so I don't know. Like the Talisman was as good as Stephen King is. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I have also never read any Peter Straub. Like, My do- dad read a lot of Peter Straub, so it must have at least not been terrible. Yeah. Because my dad would, for instance, refuse to read Sidney Sheldon. Hmm. Uh, because for whatever reason, he felt that it was that it was bad. This is weird. There were not a lot of like my dad's my dad's taste in literature was strange. A lot of it, I think, would be outside of what a lot of people would refer to as literature. Do you consider Stephen King literature? I think he fo- he finally got there, where you no longer have to, like, apologize for reading Stephen King or try to convince people that he's an important author. Is that true culturally? I feel like I still yeah. see a lot of haters. I think it's more common with critics now, where you don't have to... You don't have to qualify like, uh, yes, I just read a Stephen King novel, which was surprisingly good, even though it's by this piece of shit guy. Like, yeah. I, I don't think you have to do that anymore. <clears throat> it is weird. Like, you know, we've had this conversation a million times, but like the people reading Stephen King in high school were the same people who would read romance novels. Yeah. You know, the, the, the girls that would that would be carrying the books around and us, you know, <laughs> But but certainly certainly not the future English majors. Well, except for you. I remember the Dirtheads being more into Stephen King. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the dudes who did it were like the heavy metal fans. Yeah, that was weird. I you know why didn't we hang out with those guys? Cause because it seems like we probably would have gotten along with them just fine. It's just that we never talked to them. They probably would have kicked our asses. You think? Yeah, I think in the hierarchy, nerds are below the the metalhead because a metalhead can still kick your ass, right? We we yeah, were maybe the so there was there were there were the the handful of Mexican metalheads, right? Which were maybe maybe more on the violent side, but then there was that there was that one crossover kid, uh, Steve something, uh, uh, good old who, Steve something, yeah, good, good old good old that guy, uh, who was into D and D. Right, and right. so there was some marginal amount of crossover. Then the guy that always wore the the animal skin on his denim jacket, right? But I, like I talked to that guy sometimes, and there was no hostility. But we never like, you know, we never got close. Me and the me and good old animal skin on his denim jacket guy, Steve something. Well, no, that was a different guy. Uh, it was friends with Steve something. Huh. I I remember like. For a period of time, I was in a class where one of the Mexican metalheads was sitting right in front of me, and he and I, I mean, we got to where we would have conversations every day. Yeah. Right? I mean, we I don't think we would have hung out. Was it Angel Frias? It was. It was, in fact, Angel Frias. Yeah, that dude was really cool. He was in a guitar class with me. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah. So maybe maybe he was he was the crossover Mexican metalhead. Uh, but I just remember getting a, a, an education in what sorts of metal bands there were by the backs of his t-shirts that were always right in front of me. <laughs> it's weird to me now, like, seeing, back in the day, seeing, like, Iron Maiden t-shirts and Scorpions t-shirts, and they're, like, zombies and rotting flesh and, and mechanical scorpions raping women, and, you know... Mm. Like, the idea I had in my head of what that music would sound like is absolutely not anything like what those bands sound like. Like, if you had played me Rock You Like a Hurricane and said, this is from that band with the biomechanical scorpion with the naked chick writing it, you're like, "Uh uh-uh. Yeah, see, I don't think of scorpions as really being in that oeuvre, but I also, I think that I have never heard an Iron Maiden song, unless there's some song that I know that's an Iron Maiden song that I just don't know it's an Iron Maiden song. Huh. Stick around during the break. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll throw in an Iron Maiden song. You don't know. I mean, so I, I feel like Cannibal Corpse is what you expected that stuff to sound like. Yeah, I, I would have expected just terrifying... <laughs> instead yeah. of the kind of power metal scream. I mean, I think that there that period of time there was still a little bit of evolution happening. Well, get, they're, they're just different, different genres, you know, like... Yeah. The power metal band still had the same death imagery going on in their jacket sleeves, but they, you know, they were basically like Led Zeppelin on steroids. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was like, I guess it was like the sort of hybrid child of of prog and glam. Hmm. To they, some extent, they and called then, it pram for a while, but yeah, gl- glam. <laughs> it all just kind of it all just kind of sticks together in my mind. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Uh, man, I sometimes I wonder, like, when I think back, was it actually different than than it would be now? Like, it being a nerd is definitely less stigmatized now than it was, but would that have actually made any difference for us? I think... Like being into like being a nerd as in being into comic books or fantasy or something is less stigmatized now, but being a fucking nerd is not less stigmatized at all. Because being a nerd is more than just being into things that is are outside the mainstream. It's being kind of socially awkward and maybe a little bit arrogant. Yeah, and getting a lot of nosebleeds and yeah, like fragile, socially smart, awkward, and arrogant, smarting, yeah. smarting off to teachers. Yeah, because like when I think about high school, I <clears throat> I don't think about those like those jock guys as being terrible people who made my life hell anymore. I think like the things that I said to them, I think well, no wonder they didn't like me. I was kind of a prick. Like, I don't think they should have punched us in the face, but they didn't punch us in the face. They threatened to, and maybe they should have. So, yeah, it, it's weird to think. Like, I think nerds are always going to be nerds. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. It, so, like, the lunch table guys, I more or less agree with you that, like, they were actually interacting with us the way that they would interact with each other. Right. Right, but we... I didn't get until my freshman year of college, like, no, that is what, like, guys bust each other's balls in a friendly way. Yeah. Right? Like, and that's that is, like... The, the uh, you know trying to just 
trying for the first time in my life to actually make an effort to get along with different kinds of people and seeing what I could learn from them. Like, that's sort of what I learned from the frat guys, right? It's like, okay, well, I mean, this is, you, this is a way for men to build relationships without getting all faggoty. (laughs) And, you know, it's not that they were trying to be friends with us, but they weren't being that mean, except for that one guy who would, like, actually throw stuff at us. Right, but that was that one guy, and I think even the rest of the dudes at his table thought that he was an asshole. And I kind of think like, <clears throat> if the first time one of them had said something like aggressive or mean to me, if I had just kind of laughed it off instead of getting like hurt or upset or saying something douchey back, I I think it could have gone better. Yeah, you think you might have joined the football team after all. No, but I think I would have just become one of the the hundreds of people in the school those guys didn't give a fuck about. Yeah, okay. But it it had to be like, well, these guys listen to that kind of music, so obviously we're superior to them, and we should tell them. Huh. Not the yeah. best plan, it turns out. Yeah. Yeah, you know, live and learn, buddy. Live and learn. That's what we're doing. We're living, and we're learning. We're living and we're Tylerin'. We're living and we're learned. (laughs) We've learned so much that it just makes us angry, Mr. Skullet. We're John Lovitz and we're Michael Lerner. Ah, well. I don't think that... I I wish to fuck I could think of the thing, because it was like, oh man, that'd be good. I should talk about that. Uh Mr. Skullet. Yeah, Kickstarter. It's going okay. It's going okay, I think. We uh, we should talk to the our internet celebrities again and ask them if they would. I think would. we did yesterday. They would. Okay. Um, uh, there's a weird silence on the part of some of the people that I thought would be helping us out. I, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not calling anyone out, but uh, front uh, front posted it again today on on his Twitter. But yeah, I don't. You know. So John Walker from Rock Paper Shotgun is is very enthusiastic about it and very much wants it to get funded and is being extremely helpful about that and has now posted about it four times. Right. Uh, and in in that crowd, like today, half of the comments in that thread were just about how bad the art is. Uh-huh. And so I, I mean, I think that it is possible that there is a significant portion of the population who just finds the art style unappealing. Right, and if you know the the celebrities that we thought would 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 you know make the few seconds of effort necessary to champion our cause in a way that may or may not make a big difference for us, uh, were among those people, then they would just be like, yeah, maybe yeah, you know, this doesn't look like a thing that I want to pimp. Yeah, yeah. right. Because I mean, it's uh, you know, like I said, our 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 shit is not known for its mainstream appeal. Right, you know. And uh, oh, how's the uh, how is the space venture Kickstarter doing? I was surprised. Whoa, was that me? Was what you? Uh, it must have been. There, uh, I think an ad on something just started playing. Uh, oh no, the space venture made it. Fifteen hours left, and uh, they're they're past their goal. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Uh, in spite of them uh, doing infuriatingly frequent updates. 
You know, it was weird. I I I, uh, I talked to the rock paper shotgun guy because he, you know, on like three days after we really like tripled our efforts to pimp the fucking thing, he posted another thing that was like, "I wish these guys would do some updates," and I emailed him. And I'm like, "What are you talking about, man?" Like, uh-huh. and he was like, "Oh, huh? Yeah, I guess you're right. I'll do another post about it." Like, ah, okay. Because, I mean, I was what I was hoping for, I guess, was, uh, oh, here are these things that you could be doing that you haven't thought of. Right. Right. But that everybody else <laughs> understands is, like, a thing. Well, have you posted it to Flurbnerts? Because Flurbnerts.com is a place that you should post things like this. And they've got a whole bunch of people who are, are sure to be excited about it and tell all their Flurbnerts buddies. Uh, <laughs> but, no, it turns out there isn't something like that. Hmm. I, I think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I think. I don't know what I think. Uh, you know, <clears throat> it's possible that it's just not striking a chord. You know, and I don't think that that means anything one way or another, except that it means that the Kickstarter wasn't necessarily going to work. I think it might still. You know, given given the shape that these things have, it's entirely possible that it will still fund. Right. You know, and then it's like, all right, well, maybe we should do what everybody says and hire a new artist. (laughs) I don't understand that complaint. And I guess it's not possible to explain that complaint. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I don't. It's not possible to defend that complaint because it's like you can't argue back. Like, actually, it's done in this paper doll style that is kind of cute and it's also really really flexible so that we can do all of these different things with it and it it looks neat to have it do this and, and they, they can just say no it doesn't it doesn't look neat yeah you know you said that you were put off by it at first but then once you started playing it you you got why it was that way the first like making my character I did kind of think, eh, I don't know if I like the way these things look. Because like, yeah. the, the random one that I that booted up when I was creating my character first looked really freaky. Well, for years we have been trying to get to the point where somebody with any sense of style can choose, or any sense of aesthetics can choose what things are in the random selection, and I think we finally did that. I I do think that it, there is there is kind of a problem in that it is difficult to make an attractive character hmm. in it, but it's not impossible. You can do it. Um, it's just it requires a it requires a subset of the parts. Like I, it turns out when I when I wrote the stuff, I, I did a thing that was involved in uh, like I did all the the back end data stuff for randomly generating characters, uh-huh. and when I showed it to Roy. He was like, you gave everybody women's noses. And I was like, no, I gave everybody the noses that aren't ugly. (laughs) And yeah, you know. It's, yeah. I don't, I, I think that there are a lot of people who are, their initial impression is that they're put off by, by the art style. I don't get what possesses you to turn that into saying something mean about it on the internet 
<laughs> right? But I just don't get it. Yeah, that. we'll never be those guys. Yeah. And, and you know, most people will never be those guys. It doesn't take very many of those guys for you to really notice those guys, right? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it is what it is. But I think there are a lot of people put off by the art style who would really like the game and would get over it almost immediately if they actually played it. Yeah. I did... I did ponder the feasibility, like, before we started the Kickstarter, of having something that people could play. Yeah, I wish that that was a thing. But then, like, the the Kickstarter isn't everything, you know? Having... If we're going to sell the game, we can have something that people can play before they give us money. Yeah, and it's just... it, It... The way that the development process of this thing works, it would be a lot of yeah it's like the E3 problem right where larger studios are constantly under all this pressure to get a a build for E3 and so they have to do all this work that is just for the E3 build and doesn't doesn't actually turn into like valuable work for the future of the project right and it at the time when we were evaluating whether or not to do a demo it very much seemed that it still does not worth the time that it would take to just do the demo. I don't know about that now. I wonder Is it possible to do like the gauntlet mode or something as a like peel it off and have well, it stand alone? It's, that's designed for characters at a much higher power level and it would be hard to, to make that I think it would be kind of hard to make that comprehensible to somebody who hadn't already been playing it in, in some ways. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the right approach to that is. I don't think that it's something that we could do before the Kickstarter ends. Yeah, of course not. Uh, but, yeah. I yeah. think it's, it's also just... So three people are the people making those posts on the Rock, Paper, Shotgun article. And I think those three people are probably not a majority. No, they're not a majority. But I, I but I, I think that it would, it is, it happens everywhere. Like the same specific complaint happens everywhere, too consistently for it to not be representative of some subset of the population. I don't think it's a large subset, right? But. You know, it's just it's another one of those things where it's like the our our stuff, the gameplay is what sells it, you know? Yeah. The the with KOL the depth is is not apparent. Um, I don't yeah. understand the this is ugly, it's it's like a flash game. It's like what do you yeah, what do you I mean, think that a flash is, game that means? is you know, I've said this before. That's the same objection that KOL is bullshit because it has frames. Right? Like there are, and you acknowledge the the sort of not, you know, not the respectability of that position, but at least the existence of it, right? As a, as a understandable thing, but it's you know it's just it's wrong. I think it is wrong to say that it is objectively bad because of that. But you know, not everybody's gonna like it, and. It's just that saying it out loud, you know? It's... I don't know why... I guess... I guess it is that 
Roy has never had to be the target of the internet before. Yeah. And I I feel protective of him because I mean I've seen it all. Nothing nothing gets through these scars. Right. The scars have just become a thicker layer of skin. But yeah. uh yeah, makes me sad. He doesn't care though. He was like he was laughing, he was like, Boy, a lot of people really hate the art. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I was hoping that you weren't reading those and he was like, No, I am. <laughs> Alright, well now I just hope you're not listening to them. He's like, Oh, I'm not. <laughs> so People don't know the difference between stuff that they don't like and stuff that is objectively bad. You know, that's just the classic problem. If there is, eh, a, you know, if even there we is don't. a if there is a, dis- a difference. Yeah, I mean, we consider Twilight to be objectively bad. Right. Right? We do. I mean, that, and are we right about that? We might be, or it might just be that we don't like it. Yeah, although you can... I guess at the at the very end of everything, everything is subjective, but there are, like, standards of quality for writing that are generally agreed on in, like, an academic sense, and Twilight definitely falls afoul of those. Like, the prose is very, very clumsy. And you can yeah. argue... You can argue that, like, the characters aren't particularly original or interesting, and the, the plot is ridiculous and doesn't make sense in certain ways, and... I guess those things are more a matter of taste than the actual but then, the actual yeah. mechanics of the writing are pretty bad. Yeah, but somebody will argue like it doesn't matter if the characters are shallow, if this and the if everything is horribly written, like it's compelling. Like I had somebody say to me, like, don't diss on Twilight, it it's a beautifully romantic love story. I don't care if it's poorly written. It's like wow, I I don't see a romantic love story in there at all. That's interesting. Hey, let's take a break and then uh, answer some Kingdom of Loathing questions. How about that? All right. So, we'll be back in a minute, folks. And we're back. Are we back? Hey, we are back. My uh, alarm is going off in my pants. You told me nine minutes, and I set a timer for seven minutes, and it went off right huh. as we came back. Sorry, I was still in the middle of a. Uh, I was still in the middle of the conversation in Dev. Oh, that's weird. Uh, Sorry, it it, uh, it was an eight and a half minute song. Hmm. Yeah, did it have a minute and a half of silence at the end? Oh, that Bob was that Bob Dylan. Yep, that was Bob Dylan. And uh, no, it was uh, it was all the way to the end. It seemed like. Let us look, Mr. Skullhead, at the radio show thread. Let's do it. Uh, Chilled says, an anecdote. I attempted a two-day softcore run last weekend. Time to take advantage of the good Moon Thrill shirt days. I triple-checked everything I needed to do, ascended, played seven turns, and then discovered I hadn't bought any spice melanges, making my run impossible. I gave up, downloaded an ascension script, and let it run through in four days, which was no fun. So buying stuff from the mall that drops into Hanks would have been really awesome then. Yeah, you know, we're probably about to... I am probably about to relent on that, you fucking jackals. A question. Oh, uh, Hot Stuff just posted something in dev that apparently the woman uh, whose uh, baby was eaten by a dingo was finally exonerated. Huh. A coroner said, yep, yep, in fact... A dingo ate that baby. A dingo ate that baby. 
A question. Could we have a generic curse item interface built into the right-click menu with a drop-down on all of our curse items? I can't remember if somebody suggested that recently, but it'd be super cool and awesome and such. Well, I mean, the problem there is that they, curse items don't have a standardized interface. I guess they are all sent to the same script. Eh, yeah, I don't know. Another question. The moons of I've booked my plane tickets and I'm a raging solipsist of a line. So it's time to ask, when are you planning to put ton tickets on sale? Is the t-shirt super dope? How are you planning to tell people uh, who complain about this year's con item in the exact same way as the last two years to fuck off? I wouldn't say that I ever told any of those people to fuck off. Neither did I, actually. I said, just calm down. Everything is going to be fine. And lo and behold, everything is fine. Uh, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know, man. I guess we could do that. They're not even like a thing we have to mail anymore, right? So yeah. yeah. We usually do it. Historically, we do it when we get home from Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, that'll be earlier this year. But, I mean, I don't know if there's anything stopping us. Given that it's all booked and the dates are already finalized and everything, I don't know if there's anything stopping us from doing it early. Uh, and, man, I don't fucking know if the t-shirt is super dope. We still... We haven't... I think like, I feel we like should, you uh, came up with an idea for the theme of the con, and I was like, yes, I like that one. And then you changed your mind. You were like, no, I don't like that one. I'm going to do something different. No, I didn't. I said... We should either do Nine Lives or Con Nine from Outer Space. I think Con Nine from Outer Space is... I like that one better. Oh, because I was going to say Nine Lives is probably better for the the t-shirt. Because then you could just draw all the ni- all the six classes as kitties. Mm. And people like kitties. I don't think I... I don't know if I want that. I could just draw all the six classes in a spaceship. That's hanging from a visible string. I just... I don't know that Plan 9 from Outer Space is as big a reference as I think it is. Like, I know what that is without even thinking about it, but do, does everybody? Yeah. Do I think our people? crowd is pretty savvy. Huh. And they'll just look it up. <clears throat> uh, Deadnet says, I've had similar issues, except it was an onion and not a melange, with a run failing due to forgetting to shop for something. I got excited when you talked about changing it on the show. Mm-hmm. An onion. Do we have an item in the game that's important and is called an onion? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. Um, hmm. I'm gonna search. Got a cocktail onion. We got onion shurikens. We got a cursed black pearl onion. I mean, maybe they're talking about something else. Uh, minor feature fix request, says Zenosis. I've been doing a few basement dives lately to finish up my telescope. This means having to use trivial avocations cards for the trivia, ma- trivia master effect for the stat test. If you guys don't remember how that works, it requires that you use four items, which each grant one turn of their effect, and if you have all four effects active, they all disappear and give you trivia master, which gives plus 100% to all stats. My problem is, each card requires you to click it twice manually, once for the use link, another time to flip it over. So basically I have to do eight manual clicks for every 30 turns of trivia master. This is really tedious when I want, say, 300 turns of the effect for that day's basement dive. Could you just maybe change how the cards work? Maybe have them give the effect immediately when used instead of needing to be clicked to flip the card over? That way I can just macro all four cards to be used at once and spend significantly less time clicking. There's probably a way to do that without uh, taking anything away from the people who actually enjoy using those things for their content. Mm -hmm. See, this is the problem, man. People get sad if they don't get anything from a thing. (laughs) just a joke but then if they do get something from it they're like but now we have to do it and the joke is interfering with my dick knife do you think that's what they actually sound like I think I'm probably exaggerating I think the voices are higher 
Uh, Roipi says, as a form of humor, what is it about puns that you think some people find so objectionable? I don't know. What do you think, Mr. Skullhead? Yeah, I've always firmly been on the side of puns are very clever instead of puns are a stupid person's way of trying to look clever. And I've never really understood the the like people groaning about puns like I, they are to some extent <clears throat> like nerdy wordplay wankery right right i mean it's like you're you're, you're ogden nash and not oscar wilde when you're doing that shit mm. um i think that- I, you know, I don't mean to hate on ogden nash but I think that you can get... Like, there are levels of pun. Like, one I saw recently that I liked was... So I've been giving away all of the dead batteries from my old laptops. Free of charge, of course. And that, yeah. to me, is funny because it it manages to make that statement mean two things that both make sense. Right. And then it's funny that you can say the two different things with the same words, and yeah, I don't know. As somebody who likes to think about the way words are built and yeah. what they mean, and, it, you know, it's I think a lot of people don't, and so they get why it is a thing, but they don't think it's funny. I mean, there definitely is like, I don't think that that groan response is learned to uh, a to a pun, right? Like there are there are things that are funny, but you're sort of annoyed that they're funny. Huh. Right? And it's like, that shouldn't be, like, that... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. Like, a, ba- a pun is not as... I don't know. Uh, meritorious, I guess, as, like, a better thing. <laughs> it's really like like anything it is not as good as a thing that is better than it's oh that's deep uh, <clears throat> I mean it is like it's just like homophone homonym masturbation right I suppose it's like taking a thing that bothers people and making it into a thing that you embrace hmm right not why that are there I'm... so many words that are the same as so many other words and then so many different sounds that are not words not that I have a choice. Like, thinking, to me, thinking of a pun, which I do a whole lot, is the same as thinking of, like, a song lyric or a quote from a movie when somebody's talking to me. I yeah. have to say it. And I can yep. even think to myself, this person is either not going to know what I'm talking about and make me explain it and it'll be awkward, or they won't think it's very funny. But I have to say it. I- I've been a dad humor guy all my life, and I think it's a mental disorder. You think? Yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> Are you also going to start listening to a lot of uh, Dire Straits? <laughs> I think what dads do now is they brew beer and listen to podcasts. Mm, okay. And I, I don't do any of those currently except for um, the occasional advice hot dog. Yeah. Are you still? Uh, are you still suitably appalled at all of my advice? <laughs> yep. I, I always laughed, you know, when I was at the gym lifting my weights. It would something would make me laugh and I would almost kill myself and it's hilarious and yeah good uh Casey Wiederman says hey Scully I'll make you a deal share your word realms post on Google Plus and I'll reshare them there are a handful of people in there who are excited about pushing word realms to success but we've all been linking the Kickstarter page or the website or the RPS articles It'd be super sweet to have something from the team to spread around what no I'm still talking about word realms news that wasn't a clever segue 
I think uh, you had some extra words after there are a handful of people on there, Casey Wiederman. Uh, what? There were some extra words after there are there are a handful of people on there to refer to Google Plus. Yeah. Is anyone on? I guess is anyone besides Casey Wiederman and uh, Data Vortex on Google yeah, Plus? Yeah, and stuff? I know Data Vortex is on there. Yeah, I don't know. I still see some stuff every once in a while, but I don't. Uh, I don't think. I don't think it's a thing. I think we. My problem was I went. We went to that party with MC Front a lot, and I added a bunch of the people we met at that party and started seeing a, just a shit ton of posts that I didn't care anything about, so I effectively turned it into Facebook for me. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what party you're talking about. Oh, the one that we went to and you didn't. That, uh... The... the Johnny the Homicidal Maniac dude was there. And oh, John Rosenberg yeah, okay. from Goats. Right. So, Joan and Vasquez, John Rosenberg. Right. Okay, gotcha. Um, <clears throat> Wax says, any chance we could opt out of item theft in PvP? Uh, no, no, nope, nope, nope. Uh, Nightball says, on Thursday, you mentioned turning the meat golem into a familiar or another thing because it was part of the old obsolete piece, PvP stuff. Peace stuff. Peace stuff. Uh, Peace stub. That's what you get. Uh, that's the receipt that you get when you urinate on that planet. The thing is, the Meat Golem isn't obsolete. It still does exactly what it should. I've been making one every Ascension since PvP rolled in order to protect my cranberries from marauding adventurers, and it's been doing a great job. Why remove it? Well, partially I just want the space and the campground back, and I want the campground to be... I want What I imagined doing with the Meat Golem was making it a familiar that did something in normal combat, but also <clears throat> acted as a meat golem if you had it as your active familiar uh-huh. um, so that you could get the benefit of it but you were you were actually had to make a trade off I think at this point I would have to do that between seasons if I was going to do it but right. I also wanted to uh, increase its effectiveness at higher weights but then people in dev were like no you can't do that those pussies need me to steal their items <laughs> like, oh okay uh, also, how's the relationship between the Infernal Seals Abyss and Hades? Are they political allies? Seems like they have some overlapping interests, but I've never seen an ambassador from the Abyss when I visit Satan or Azazel. Well, and it's kind of the same thing where there is the Divine Aether, and there is also Valhalla, which is so infrequently referred to by its actual name of Valhalla that right. it has just become Valhalla. Um I think every time I wrote anything about it, I forgot that that's what it was called. <laughs> <clears throat> what else is there? Is there a heaven? I mean, imagine there isn't one. No, we have the jokes about like Valhalla being a place where nothing ever happens. We don't talk about heaven. I don't. I think any reference to hell is changed into Hades because I always lament the fact that I named it Hades. <laughs> yeah. We well, could fix that if you wanted. Guess I'm stuck with that for a long time. Uh, where we've already, I've already done issue one of the comic with the Hades in it. You could change that. I'm not gonna Lucas my comic, man. It's not old enough for you to Lucas it. Uh, also, yeah. also, Corman Agent Sinister Tablet Demon update. What? Yeah. Okay. I forget about those. Like, I feel like that's a thing that did not become the crazy awesome content vector that I wanted it to be. Hmm. The whole demon summoning thing. Yeah. Uh, 
Philmaster Plus says, the recent suggestion about boss rush content was not something about fighting Boner Dag and Naughty Sorcerer's boss battle over and over. I was referring to high-level content specifically designed for those who like tough boss fights. For example, Hodgman and Mother Slime, but don't like grinding hundreds of turns to reach the boss. Thoughts? Well, well eh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of there being some hard fights. It's just very difficult for us to make hard fights in this game, and so when we think of a trick for doing that, we want to do it in a context that's actually meaningful, like the boss of a clan dungeon, as opposed to just like, oh, there's just a guy you can fight over and over again. <coughs> Doglord420. Mr. Skullhead, Doglord420. I, I read this thread the other day, and for the next couple of hours, I would just sometimes, I would occasionally repeat to myself, <laughs> Doglord420. <laughs> and I would just laugh. Because that is the most internet thing I have ever seen. Uh, wait, this is this is going to make you sad, uh, but uh, but but good old dog lord four twenty. Oh wait, where did he even say this? Shit. Oh, did somebody delete the thing where dog lord? I think they did. No, dog dog lord four twenty says. Uh, oh, word! I don't like the Monday shows because I don't like Mister Skullhead, so I don't always listen to them. But I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I'm guessing that you're pretty sad that uh, that a gentleman named Doglord420 doesn't care doesn't care for your particular brand of radio. Well, uh, in that case, Doglord420, I'll show you. I'm going to stop fucking your mom. That'll make her sad. She gets uh, really anyway, into it. Says, how are you dealing with the upcoming likelihood of your Kickstarter not meeting its goal? Same, same as it ever was, you know. Uh, one says, Eric, any news on the monster identification slash stats thing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's my bad at this point. Two, any progress on the lost keys? Yeah, that is also my bad. You did all your shit. That's true. Oh man, you know, you know what would make a lot of fucking sense for that thing that we were trying to figure out what it was gonna do, and we said that its uh, its purpose in its original fiction wasn't really gonna be something that we could do a lot of. Right. Like, given the upcoming world event, that's a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we should roll that out while that's underway. Um, Icekill says, Would it be possible to make the elemental files, hot form, etc., work the same way as Musk slash Kantara? Unless anyone has a good reason why not. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Those, since they actually require some effort to get I mean not not that they're hard to get in in these latter latter days of of the kingdom's life cycle uh, you know given that they're very cheap in the mall though uh, who knows who knows if that'll be a sustainable situation or not eh mm, eh yeah. huh? mm. uh, I do kind of like you being stuck in those because you know that's more of like a novelty weird shit thing than a like this is something that I need in order to be good at the game thing Uh, Wax says for the super secret upcoming maybe world event could we find some annoying product placement for word realms Uh, yeah sure Uh, no no that is not like a thing we would do is it annoying when people bug you about the lost key is the lost key going to be used for the world event no Negatory. Yeah, maybe. What was your goal with the clan pool? Uh, I don't know. Let people play in a pool. Yeah, make it fun. Yeah, fun. 
thing where you could turn upside down. Yeah. Uh, we got some we got some uh, custom avatars uh, that came in that were specifically designed for being turned upside down in the pool. Funny jokes. Did some do somebody do some ambigrams? Funny funny jokes. Ah, just like some sharks. Uh, have you checked out Humble Indie Bundle Five? Yeah, I uh, I bought a I bought a copy of it for the gal, uh, so that I could buy a copy of it. Even though I already owned, even after they added a really obscure game to it, that was in a really obscure game that I had already bought. Uh, I already owned everything that was in Humble Indie Bundle Five. <clears throat> you might check it out actually if you don't have uh, all of them. Yeah, I have almost none of them. Okay, because I know you bought and played all the way through Bastion. Yeah. Have you played Braid? I have not. You know, it's worth it's worth the. I think you have to pay above the average price, which I think is like eight bucks or something for Braid to be included in it. But like Braid is certainly worth eight bucks on its own, and I, I would actually be curious as to your take on a lot of the other stuff. This is this is by far the best in terms of like. I don't know. I guess cultural significance of the games. The the this is like just an all star team for the humble bundle. It was weird seeing Psychonauts in there. Is it was that not a like a, a console game? It was. Yeah, it was. And I mean, it was published by Majesco too. It was like very much not indie, but Double Fine is just back to being indie, and they yeah. also own Psychonauts again. It would have been weird to see like humble indie bundle indie bundle six now with. Pilot Wing 64. I'm like, wait, that's a game I played 50 bucks to play on a console. Yeah. And you want to give it to me for six? Like, sweet. You and just you. Do this. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember how much Psychonauts was on Steam. I wonder if it would now, I wonder if it is currently possible to pay more for Psychonauts on Steam than it is for the bundle which gets you Psychonauts and nine other games. Whatever. I've heard a lot about Amnesia the Dark Descent. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. As being, like, hella scary. It is hella scary. I don't know how you... I, I, I'm curious. I'm curious how you would feel about it. I, I got it, and I played it for a while, and I there was a point where I just got too scared. Like, it got... Yeah. It wasn't even, like, too scary. It was just too stressful. Like, there was a part of it that was just like, ah, oh, fuck, this is rough. Um, but it turns out I just didn't figure out how to do it, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time, and so when we did it as a video games hot dog assignment, and I, you know, sort of like felt compelled to play all the way through it, I did, and I'm really glad that I did. The, um, I haven't played Super Meat Boy or Limbo, but I'm kind of over the super hard platformer as a show. Yeah, but did you, did you burn yourself out on one in particular? No, I think I, I just played the first two minutes of a bunch of them. <laughs> it was yeah. like, you know, I'd, I don't need it this hard. I remember playing hard games, but I would rather just the game meet me halfway. Yeah. Ton of N+. Plus. Um, and one of the most positive video game experiences that I can remember having, really ever, is a night where Aaron Burke and I played a few hours of this N+, plus co-op level pack. Mm. where it was just like a super hard platformer where you both had to be really on the entire time to to do it, to beat the levels. But it's like they're, the Super Meat Boy is very much in that tradition where if you get killed, you just immediately are trying again. 
Right. You know, there's no overhead associated with failure other than like, up, oh, I failed. And it is so satisfying to finally do it. And like, it, it just, it gives you that joy of mastering something. Uh-huh. If you, if you, if you stick it, stick it out, you know, and it's not, that's not a thing that everybody finds worth pursuing, you know, and, and, I, and I think there are probably thresholds too. I mean, like, I want to be the guy. There's no fucking way I'm going to play that game. Hmm. Super Meat Boy, I have only played the first few levels. You know what? That was actually one that I did not own prior to the, the bundle. And I, and I still don't because I didn't buy it for myself. Yeah. It was DRM free. I guess I could just steal it. It's obviously what they want. Yep. Um, after watching Indie Game the Movie, you should also watch Indie Game the Movie. All right. You can buy it on Steam, which is weird. It's a movie. It's the movie that they sell on Steam now. Huh. Which I really hope they don't start selling movies on Steam. <clears throat> I don't want that shit diluted. Hmm. Uh, Numbat says, you mentioned Sneaky Pete not fumbling or fumbling in a cool way, and it reminded me of Aziz Ansari's most recent special where he mentioned some rapper who's always cool. And two situations would be something that is uncool that would magically become cool when it happens to him. One, slips on a banana peel and get to where you want faster. Two, about to spill mustard on yourself when someone hands you a hot dog and intercepts the mustard. Of course, he says them better. I suggest watching his special. Yeah, I was, uh, I was thinking that I would buy that. I like to support these $5 comedy dudes. Yeah, I uh, I bought Graham Clark's five dollars stand up comedy special, and uh, so far it's pretty similar to his Max Fun concept. Right. Yeah, I saw a, a like a minute long preview of the Aziz Ansari thing. I don't know whether I really like Aziz Ansari or not. Hmm. Yeah, I, I haven't seen enough of him to know. His his stand up, like. I don't know. There's something a little off-putting about his delivery. Hmm. But it is funny. He's funny and stuff. He's a funny guy. Makes me laugh. Um, anyway, then he says, How do you guys feel about FaxBot? It seems like a well-run system, but if it should disappear one day and not be replaced, it seems that reaching leaderboard levels of play would be difficult without having people fetch things you would want to copy. It seems like it would be an in-game system that could fill the role more reliably. Maybe order a fax for X meat. I mean, I don't know... You know, we'll see if it ever happens that we need to do that, but I don't think that we will. I have a feeling that as long as there are people who care about doing fast runs, there will be people who care about maintaining Faxbot. Sure. Uh, also, it seems there are some old event monsters that were copied for a long time and managed to survive and are now in Faxbot, but there are some old monsters that could have but are not saved. Any chance of getting photocopies of those circulating? Or maybe having them be around for an April Fool's Day or other event? It just seems weird that some old content is saved through chance and the rest is lost. I personally think that that is super fucking awesome. Uh, that some of it is saved through... Ch- I mean, it's not chance. It's saved entirely through the volition of the player base. Right. And I think it's fucking great. I think it is a much better story than some of those you just can't fight anymore because nobody happened. Because, I mean, think of how awesome it will be when the one guy who does have one of those in a 4D camera or something logs back on and finds out that he has it and then maybe gives it to somebody or maybe fucks around and doesn't make another copy of it and it's lost. You know? Yeah, yeah. That is a cool fucking story. <laughs> Snaz says, a long time ago you mentioned that summoned boner battalion effect was mostly a placeholder until you could think of something better to do with it. Is that still something you want to change? Are you happy with it as it stands? Is it generally just super low on your list of priorities? Yeah, I mean, it was off the bottom of my list of priorities until you mentioned this in this thread just now. 
I think it's probably okay. No, nobody really complains about it. Uh, WV Aquinas says, a lot of mythologies have an ancient and wise turtle or tortoise at the center of all creation. Discworld sits on the back of the turtle, uh, the great turtle, uh, the turtle, great Atuine. Yep. Stephen King's mythos has the great turtle Matutin that Pennywise wants to go beat up. Is there something similar in the kingdom mythos that explains why there is an order of turtle tamers? Right now, saucers get most of the cosmology exposition because of the source. Might be nice to spread duties around. You know, I, I don't want you to be spreading any duties around, okay? Our cosmology is catch as catch can. Yes. And, uh, our cosmology is a catch me if you can. Uh, our co- all, our all cosmology is a just in the imagination of Frank Abagnale. <laughs> our cosmology was a book that was written in Ketchikan, Alaska. Okay. Yep. Our our cosmology is a can of cat shit. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Uh, Waterclip says, Hi, on the subject of word drums, which looks like it will be an awesome game. Dash. Listening to an earlier radio show, did you say people don't like the artwork? Really? Please don't change it. The artwork is beautiful, at least what I can see in the video. I went back and had a look, and the more I look at it, the more I like it. Especially the scene of the old woman watering her garden. That is gorgeous. It could be a print. Seems almost a crime to hide it away in a video game. I also love how the art in general has been turned into animation. It gives these wonderfully curving shapes a quirky, jaunty, warmly nostalgic retro quality. Well, thank you, buddy. And we're not going to change it. Yeah. Fuck the police. One, who is the artist? Where did you find him or her? What other work have they done? Well, it's the pre- it's none other than the pretentious artist, uh, my friend Roy Watson Valle from high school. Uh, he's done a lot of other stuff. I don't know that there is a good way to look at his artwork on the internet, though. Is Fuzzy Balls still... Uh, well, it is. The last it's... news posting on it is from 11-28-2011. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely not... Uh, like, I, I, I think he's basically planning on hanging it up this year um because you know and just never really it never really found its uh found its audience you know maybe word realm's not striking a chord and fuzzy Ball's never finding its audience means that roy is a bad artist do you think that's it i don't think that's it i think it means that people are kind of gay hmm. i didn't mean gay yeah, i don't know why that came out like that i was looking at some art and it, and it was kind of gay uh, no, yeah, but but Roy Roy has never been real big about like uh, getting his shit on the internet. I kept trying, and a couple different times in Roy's and my lives uh, that we've shared together, mm. we've made websites with some of his work on them, but it was never comprehensive. Um, I think maybe actually, if you go to oldsite.asymmetric.net/slash rwv, no, no, that's not there. Uh, how do you find it? Attractions? No. Games? Archives? What? Man, I don't know. There is a site somewhere that is Roy's stuff. <laughs> he, huh. you know, I I get a little bit angry when I go into like a giant robot store, say, and see all those little fucking vinyl toys. None of which are as interesting as the stuff that Roy is doing, but yeah. are just selling hundreds of thousands of them and making people very wealthy. Because I, I, I believe that he is talented enough that the audience that's buying that shit would buy his stuff. It yeah. just seems to all depend on having some kind of break. I would also not necessarily conclude that those people are making a, a ton of money. Right? I mean, like some of the, like the Ugly Dolls guys probably making some money. But, like, the you dude, can have shit in stores everywhere and still be fucking broke. 
the that's a horrible um, thing that I've learned about the right. world. A lot of the people who do the monies are, you know, the little blank figurines that people will paint and resell. Like Adam made several hundred dollars selling some of his that he had done. So somebody who has some recognition in that tends to do pretty well for themselves. Okay, so if you go to rwv.asymmetric.net slash index.shtml, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, then you'll see some of... Uh, oh, good, and then the, all of the links are broken. <laughs> man, what the fuck is wrong with me? So if you go to rwv.asymmetric.net, uh, you will see some, um, some... There's like some JPEGs and stuff that you can go into and look at some images. Uh, yeah, just browse that shit. See what see what you think. <laughs> ah, man. Yeah, this is why. It's messy. Um, number two. What was the process you went through to determine how the game should look? How closely did you work with the artist? How integral to the concept of the game was slash is the arts and style of animation? Well, uh, I gave him some sketches of some stuff we he initially did a bunch of concept art where the people were still going to have arms and stuff and that wasn't really going to work um like i decided what the guys were going to look like and the detached hands and feet and stuff and then he made this stuff within that framework and he like the background stuff was all all him he his initial stuff was all way too detailed and even the stuff that he made later was just like it had 10 or 100 or 1,000 times the number of points that it needed in the vector art. Uh-huh. Um, and so very early on, builds became totally unplayable uh, because of that, the size of that stuff. Uh, and so it's, it's definitely been refined over time and kind of simplified. Um... Yeah, you know what? It's been so fucking long, I don't even remember. Wynn says, since nobody else started one, Wynn, yeah, he was wrong about that. First off, thanks for the fix on the PvP archives. It works much better now and makes looking at incoming fights and scouting the opposition that way doable. Uh, okay, I guess that's something C.D. Moyer did. Second, with the advent of the new PvP system, is it possible to get a new designation for chat? Colon, foes. Huh. I don't know what that means. Oh, like, I slash foes, I see. Uh-huh. Hmm. That's an interesting idea, actually. Nemesis. Uh, Mark the Militia says, I find the absence of waffles and or waffle-related humor within KOL to be rather distressing. Waffles are a key element of any good adventure game, and they are the icing on the cake, or dare I say, the syrup on the waffle. Since I began playing, I've been waiting for that moment when that beautiful, tasty waffle would appear before me, ready to be consumed, but alas, it was not to be. Plus, I beg of you to add some type of waffle to the game. No matter how minuscule it may seem, it will mean much to my waffle-loving comrades and I. Man, I don't like waffles. Does that fall in your soggy bread dislike or your sweet breakfast dislike or both? Uh, no, well, probably sweet breakfast at this point. Sweet breakfast, bro. <laughs> um, pancakes, definitely soggy bread. Waffles are better because they, they're like, waffles are to pretzels as pancakes are to bread. Uh-huh. Kind of, So right? waffles have some crunch on them to begin with? Yeah, well, they're chewy. Right, they're chewy instead of soft, which I like. You know, I actually like waffles. I just never eat them. The, I mean, I really only ever. I don't know that I have ever actually had um, a waffle that wasn't an ego. 
like a toaster waffle. You haven't had the like at the hotels when they do the waffle machine for breakfast. No. Oh, those are good. No, I always fuck every time I try to do anything like that. I just fuck it up, and so I'm just I'm scared. I don't even like those. I don't even like those toasters that are like the restaurant style toasters with the little (laughs) conveyor belt, the mesh, the wire mesh conveyor belt on them because. So I'll put something in there, and then something fucking different that's also on fire will fall out the bottom of it. <laughs> you know, it's like just ah man. And you know, I'll just eat a piece of bread with some jelly on it. You know, I wasn't a. I thought I had kind of aged out of pancakes until I discovered the like pure dark maple syrup, which is not as, it's not as sweet and it's more, watery than syrupy kind of. But it has like the it has a little bit of the bitterness to it that like gets the you pancake from licking a tree. Yeah, that it, it gets the pancake wet enough for me to swallow without making it super super sweet. Without having to chew it. No, just you know, like I have a dry mouth. If I put a pancake, like if I put just like a piece of bread in my mouth, it will never go down my throat. Do you do you, do you think that you have an abnormally dry mouth? Is that a thing that you would say about yourself? Yeah, I think so. Huh. Is it because you're always high? Yep. Soul Knight says one question: Why did you change from deactivating accounts for inactivity to now no one gets deactivated? Uh, because we kept hearing people say that it made them really sad, and we finally acquired uh, the technical savvy uh, in the form of a different dude. Uh, to be able to deal with the database getting bigger and bigger. And also, hardware has improved a great deal in the nine fucking years that we've been doing this. Right. Um, those database servers, those database servers cost more than a car, and they worked for a really long time, and then we replaced them with something that cost less than a car. <laughs> That's technology for you. Uh... We don't need waffles in KOL, do we? No. I, I wonder if waffle is too much of a, a go-to funny word. Oh, do you think? Yeah. How do you make a Belgian waffle? Ask him a difficult question. Uh-huh. Oh, ha, yeah. I'm going to post all done, comma, cheers, because I saw that some uh, some Brits had posted in here. Uh huh. And then Soul Knight writes, edit, sorry, add-on, any chance of bringing anything back? What? Oh, like getting an old account that's been deleted? Nope. It is gone, gone away. (laughs) Makes me sad when I think about that. All those awesome, fuck you, faggot, is a PvP message that probably got deleted. You know, all the offensive named accounts that we disabled and then disabled accounts got deleted? Like... We would have, like, a... You know, we probably still have those in that blacklist file, but there's some awesome-ass names in there. What we should do is we should take the list of names that we deleted for being offensive and use those to generate NPCs in a video game so that you'll really, really hate them. You are fighting Bob Hope's lesbian golf cart. No, we wouldn't... We would not disable Bob Hope's lesbian golf cart. No, that's true. That was the best. That was the best name. Except maybe Doglord420. <laughs> uh, Wild E. Quixote uh, was a pretty good name. Yep, that was pretty excellent. I remember uh, on the same list that uh, somebody sent of offensive usernames that contained Bob Hope's lesbian golf cart was also vaginal blood fart. Yep. 
The man, the legend. The man whore. The legend whore. Will Smith, I am legend. Will Smith, I am DB, the legend. Ah, oh boy. Mr. Skullhead. Do you want to not be on the radio anymore? I know it's a little early. I I kind of always want to be on the radio. I come alive. That's, oh, yeah? When I'm not it on wakes, the radio. It wakes you up. It bids your blood to run yep, before you come undone. If I'm not jacked in, I'm not alive. Before you come on Don Glover. Before I come on in this collection of John Donne poems. <laughs> okay. I mean, they are pretty hot. I don't know if John Donne poems are very hot or not. When did John Donne live? Uh, Shakespeare time, I believe. Oh, okay. So probably not. Probably not not a lot of sexy titties in there. My favorite poem that he wrote that survives to this day was when he was put in jail because the woman that he married was his, like, second cousin or something, and her name was Anne, and the poem was just John Donne, Anne Donne, Undone. Like, right on, dude. That survived 400 years. Sweet. <clears throat> uh, his style is characterized by abrupt openings and various paradoxes, ironies, and dislocations. Yeah, he, he had a lot of poems about people, like, bending their knee the wrong way. Cool. Yeah, dislocation. Uh, so there's a lot of YouTube videos that are uh, adaptations of his, uh, his poems. I suppose Do I can... know any poems by John Donne? It seems like I would. I feel like I I feel like I should be able to name one, but that's the only one I can. I know some Yates. It's kind of like the I wretch the wretch into my secret night poem for mm-hmm. which is the only thing I could think of for Dylan Thomas. Oh come on. Do not go gently into that good night, buddy. Yeah. Do also, not, it's probably not gently into that secret poems about being real drunk. Yep, yep. Yeah, I suppose we could get off the radio if you'd like. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't want to get started in another batch of radio bugbear questions, and it's, uh, I want to go get some food. All right. I well, had a good time being on the radio with you, Mister Skullhead. I had a good time being on the radio with you too, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Bye bye.